Facebookers, Spunky Susan and Maverick Mary, here with you today from the What's Your Journey podcast show. Um, we are live and excited to have our special guest, our feature guest with us today, Brenda and Maverick Mary will actually be introducing this beautiful lady and uh, find out what she's up to out in the world in regards to sticking to our series of what we've been talking about, which has been around Western medicine versus holistic health. And so um, I think you guys are going to find what Miss Brenda brings to us today. Very yummy and delicious. Oh, I like that intro. Well, welcome, Brenda. We are so happy to have you. Say hi to our audience, would you? Hello, everyone. Uh, Brenda has been a heart-centered entrepreneur for over 35 years. Um, I've also mm -hmm. known her personally for at least, I'm going to say, close to eight years, I'm going to say, maybe more. Um, she owns her own spiritual based business, including Quantum Life Management Center in East Long Meadow, which is now, I believe, moved to a different city nearby um, in Springfield, Mass. And she's recently changed um, some things that she's been bringing online. So you'll have to check her out at her new website that's coming out. Um, she's gathered and shared much of her wisdom as a messenger of spiritual principles, truth, and transformation. She assists people on the path of their discovery and unfoldment. That's the big part. Brenda is trained in many different modalities in the intuitive and healing arts. Being, being a spiritual life coach for over 20 years, she's led to discover her current passions leading retreats, which I have personally been on one, sacred sites all over the world, and helping people to build their dreams and live their best life yet. So take it away, Brenda. Um, the title of our podcast, our show is What's Your Journey? And how did you get into being as heart-centered entrepreneur and a spiritual coach. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, thank you both of you, such a beautiful introduction. Well, I started on my journey long ago because I love people, I really do. And I've always wanted to be in a place where I could bring relief to whatever they were suffering with in their life. A lot of times it was a lot of emotional pieces that people were suffering with, sometimes physical, sometimes both. And ever since I was very, very young, I always seemed to draw people to me that had problems, that wanted to talk about whatever their issues were. And just being a good listener, I felt that was such a skill back then when I was 15, 16, 17 years old, I would draw people to me and I would try to listen, number one, and then see what it was that I could provide that they may need. And I had my first near-death experience at age 16 in a car accident, and that wow. opened up all my spiritual gifts, and I became very aware, but because back then, no one really knew what that was, there weren't the books mm -hmm. out talking about it, I was kind of on my own. And I remember going to a doctor and asking my doctor after the accident, you know, why is this happening? And he said, you had a head injury. It'll all go away. And of course yeah. it didn't. And I closed it down for many, many years until I was ready. And I was in my 20s and I opened it up again. And we find that for people that are very um, psychically opened up in a hurry in an event, that that's very common that we close things down and then open them up again. So I started by going on the psychic path and looking at intuitive readings and all of that. And then I saw the need for people that really wanted healing. And I started really exploring my healing path um, by laying hands on people, doing hands-on healing. 
And I went to an event that brought this woman into my attention about Reiki. I had never heard about Reiki. This was many, many, many years ago. And she proceeded to tell me, oh, you're supposed to be doing Reiki. And little did I know she was teaching an event, of course, <laughs> a couple weeks, <laughs> you know, in the future. So she talked me into this and I never even read a book about it. There wasn't information out there when I took it. Mm -hmm. And I went on blind faith. And when I did, I was just blown away at how different it was from the hands-on healing. So when I was doing the hands-on healing, I was really using my own energy and I would get tired at the end of the day of you know working on people and doing the energy work. So when I got, they call it to be attuned or opened up and aligned with the Reiki energy, I found out I had more energy and I wasn't using my own. So that's how it all started for me of really getting into the energy piece of things. And I found that I loved it. It felt like somebody was inviting me into their soul to have a look and see, okay, why am I out of balance? What's happening in my body? So that's how it all started. Wow. Thank you for that introduction. And so honest and open. I think a lot of people have near death experiences and they're always afraid to talk about them. And the healing that comes from trauma is something that a lot of people want, but they don't have the results that they're looking for. Um, I myself can say that I've tried Reiki. Um, it definitely works for stress reduction for me, except for one thing. I always fall asleep. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> um, but I've tried all kinds of crazy stuff at acupuncture, um, getting together with people and, and talking through things. Um, you know, Brenda, can you talk to us about one of the things? There was something, and I'm, I usually don't share too much personal stuff online with people, but um, this is something that's popular now um, and known to people, but they don't know a lot about it, the tapping in terms of letting things out. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because that's Absolutely. something I experienced Absolutely. and have tried, and I thought it was really helpful, but I, I couldn't even begin to explain it. Okay, so the tapping technique, the one that I use is emotional freedom technique. And there are so many great books and so much out there. And I, I pride myself on the queen of EFT because <laughs> I love being a detective in someone's life and being able to go mm -hmm. underneath to see what is there. So what happens yeah. is we start with something. The example I'll use is maybe someone has a fear of flying. And what happens is, I'm going to start to see that there is something underneath. You could have 10 people. They're all afraid of flying, but there's an aspect that's underneath. And mm -hmm. that aspect could be I'm claustrophobic. I'm afraid of dying. You know, um, I don't like the germs in the air. You know, it could be something completely different. It's my job to find out what the aspect is that's underneath. And once I clear whatever the aspect is, everything else starts to clear for them. Mm -hmm. And I have had some amazing um, different examples of things that have happened that I was blown away myself at what was happening. And I do have permission to share one of these. And so I wow. will, if that's okay. Please. And so there was a man that was afraid of public speaking. He had no memory of why he would be afraid of public speaking. And he just got promoted in his job and he was going to be traveling all over the world and he was going to be public speaking. So he didn't live around here and he was coming in for a visit. And I had worked with one of his friends to improve his golf par and he liked it so much. He told him, see, get in with her. So he called me. We did one session, which was an hour. And we sat down and we started with talking about you know, what he was afraid of as we tapped on these different meridian points on the body. 
And so it felt like it was going nowhere with me. And I was like, what is going on? I'm not getting anywhere. What's the problem? And all of a sudden, his subconscious mind took him back to a time when he was in first grade in parochial school. And he thought he knew the answer to something. And he raised his hand and the nun made him come up and do the problem on the board and he was wrong. And when he was wrong, she had the whole class laugh at him. And when that happened, this poor boy wet his pants in front of the whole class. She put him on a radiator and made him sit there for the rest of the day with the kids calling him names. Is it any wonder why he didn't public speak? He did not have the conscious memory of that. That was so surprising that he had buried it, Mm -hmm. as many of us do with trauma. Mm -hmm. And then this just came up, and it was like, wow. When that came up, I knew what to tap on. We went back to the child that was in first grade that was ridiculed and embarrassed and when we tapped it, he never had another problem with public speaking. It cleared all the aspects. And what's so interesting about EFT to me is that we don't have to know what the aspect is. We've had so many cases where people thought it was about one thing, like eating, overeating, and mm-hmm. you're tapping on all the food stuff, and it has nothing to do with it. It had something to do with their father dying when they were eight. And their mm-hmm. father used to give them food all the time because they were Italian. So that mm-hmm. was their way of honoring his memory. And so you never know where it's going. And it is amazing. And a lot of times when I'll go to do hands-on with somebody, I will do some of this in the beginning to clear what's on top so I can get in easier. Nice. Thank you for sharing that. Susan, um, I get the feeling that you have something to share too. I want to say to our audience, I have goosebumps just hearing that story. <laughs> Susan, did you have something that you want to ask? Um, right, yeah, I agree with Brenda. Um, you know, I'm not trained or a practitioner in the area of EFT or um, Reiki. I've experienced Reiki sessions myself. I've also... It, experience um shaman healing and um and then i uh, because i do podcasts i have this one and another one but i also did online summits and i had this amazing experience with michael klein uh, uh, you may not know him mm-hmm. but he is a practitioner in rim r-i-m that was developed by dr Sandella. Um, and I actually have that on the YouTube where I interviewed him, but we also did a, were a session live, which was, and I'm somebody who typically does not, um, like, I believe I, I don't see images. I'm like, I have them sometimes. Um, but it, I think I, when I'm trying to focus on visualizing, I can't visualize. But with him, I was able to actually go back to a memory. And so what I was, what I wanted to say to that, there's like all these different modalities. Um, and I believe um, EFT is, is a very well-known modality that's been used for many, 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 many years. Um, but the, and Reiki, like you said, has been around a lot longer than people know. It just wasn't as accepted back then. Um, but I, I've always believed, well, since 2010, I've always believed that um, getting to the root cause, the underlining cause to where you're having physical ailments, um, you know, you manif- I believe that we manifest in our own body um, what's you know, these traumas, and they're, like you said, they could be little traumas, they could be big traumas, Um, and because in my own experience, I have healed a lot of different um, diseases and um, physical issues that were diagnosed, and then not have them anymore after using the tools and techniques that I have learned and trained and developed in over the years. So, um, 
It's my belief that we do have the power to heal our bodies. And so on this topic of Western medicine versus holistic health, um, what are your thoughts, Brenda, on people who have physical issues or diseases um, and their belief systems in the possible, the possibility of ever healing, um, especially when you've been socially conditioned to believe that there's no cure, that there's, you know, that you're going to be on these medications for the rest of your life until you die. And you know what I mean? I do. Um, I would love to hear your perspective on that. First of all, Susan, I love everything you said because I'm in total agreement of all of it. And what I want to say is that I totally believe I look at the whole person. I look at what's going on in their life. I look at their belief system. I look at everything. I have people that come in that totally know that they could heal themselves, but they need a little boost. Mm -hmm. And so my job is to go in at the other levels, to look at their emotional level, what's happening at their life, looking at the fullness of who they are, the whole person to see what are the beliefs that could have led to this? What happened in your life? Did you go through a horrible divorce? Did you have a traumatic trauma that mm -hmm. just froze you in this state? And I totally agree. So what happens with me is that when I'm working on someone, you talked about shamanic healing. I do a lot of that, a little of mm. this and a little of that. And I call it, you know, integrative healing, whatever mm. I, whatever the client needs, I'll pull from that bag of all the modalities I know, and I will give them a hand carved experience based on what nice. they need because okay. people trust me. Yeah. And they'll come in, even the non-believers. They don't even know why they're here. My wife made me come, something like that. <laughs> I love those people. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. yeah. The ones that aren't going to just say what you want them to hear. Yeah. And after the session's over, they have that look. And I know you know the look, like what yep. the just happened to me, right? Yep. Yep. And mm -hmm. it's amazing because <laughs> it's like I say to them, now go home and explain that to your wife. And they look at me like, how do you even explain what yeah. just happened? Yeah. And mm -hmm. so I know I've seen miracles happen on my table. I know it's not me doing it, but it feels pretty damn good to be a part of opening the yeah. doorway to the heart, to allow people to trust me enough to let me in, to show them the way to healing. So that's how I do it. And when that happens, the sky's the limit. Um, we've yeah. had some incredible things happen. I had one um, healing where I have a little dog and I don't know if you've ever seen on TV that animals are very, they can smell out cancer and everything. Mm -hmm. My dog wanted to get on the table with somebody that he didn't even know. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And he kept barking and trying to get on the table. Finally, she said, just let him on the table. It's fine. He went up to her breast area and started sniffing there and started like scratching there. I'm like, oh my God, I'm wow. so sorry. And I pulled him wow. away three times and he did this. And spirit told me to ask the person if they've had a mammogram. And so I asked the person and the person said, I just had one and it's clean. And I, I know I can't diagnose, I can't do any of that, mm -hmm. but I said I would go back and have it rechecked because I just saw a documentary about how animals can sniff it out. And my dog has never done this before. Do you know mm -hmm. she went back and it was wrong? There was cancer there. She, wow. that particular dog passed, but she sent me the most beautiful letter saying, I'm alive mm -hmm. because of that dog. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God. Even if that's one healing that you did in your whole mm -hmm. life that changed right. somebody, gave them life, mm -hmm. that's wonderful. But to answer what you said, I also have people that come in that have totally given their power to allopathic. Well, I have cancer and my doctor said I have one year to live and they're 25 years old. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, and is that what you want? And is that what you believe? Well, my doctor told me that mm -hmm. as if I have to believe everything that's said and I have no control over it. 
So I've worked doing coaching with a group of cancer patients that are in stage three and four cancer to change their beliefs. And it is changing the physical, which is so exciting because they're going yeah. into remission. Uh, one person didn't have it there anymore. And the doctor's like, this is nothing short of a miracle. And even though they don't believe. And so we know, just like you said, Susan, we know that our thoughts and our experiences, our words, everything adds to our physical health. And I really feel we live in an exciting time now where we're yes. starting to see all these different modalities coming forward and we have a choice. Yes. And don't get me wrong, there's times if I broke my arm, there's times Yes, exactly. If I have right. an infection that I can't fix with herbs or whatever, I'm going to a doctor. Yeah. But we need a choice and it's so important to empower ourselves to know that we have a choice what happens in our body. And yeah. making the intention that I want to heal or I want to live and then seeing where that goes. I don't promise anybody anything because obviously I'm not God. I don't know what yeah. your path is, but you're choosing it one step at a time. Yeah. Um, Brenda, you would swear that you saw our last show. Um, Susan was the one that interviewed him, but we had someone come on our show um, as our last podcast guest that Susan, take it away. I don't want to spoil the headline. Go ahead. <laughs> that just tags upon what, what Brenda yeah. just said yeah. about healing animals mm -hmm. mindset. Susan? Yeah, that, that was uh, Ryan Matthews. He just recently done a TED Talks, which will be released um, soon. He's promised to share it with us. Oh, no. um, he's had five, I believe he said five near-death experiences, one of them being cancerous. And um, he had a friend who through used to, you know, where he used a visualizing techniques to um, heal the cancer. And then, and then he, he's a world dog trainer, um, a veteran where he learned the skills in, um, you know, being in the, I can't remember if he said it was a national guard. I don't think it was the national guard. I think it was like bigger than that, like Marines or something. Not that any of them are, <laughs> I shouldn't have said it like that, but, um, anyways, so he, he just, he, te yeah, the dogs are not just for, you know, having as a pet. And he, he shared a lot in that interview and people can catch that interview. Um, it's the previous one. Um, it's now on the podcast, What's Your Journey Show, and you can download it um, on Spotify, iTunes, same as this one. You'll be able to download this so that you can listen to us in the car and have fun. <laughs> so there's like five more shows um, that we, we, we get our recording um, is heard. Yeah. So um, whatever, basically whatever you're um, almost – if, the, if you're uh, not seeing our podcast on the software um, application that you're using, um, send us uh, a DM, a digital message, and uh, we'll make sure that it gets out to them so that you can hear it on the app that you do use. But we use yeah. the most um, popular ones, including Apple, Spotify. Um, we put it up on YouTube. And Okay, Brenda. So... Um, I'm guessing that um, holistic healing and spiritual healing, you've had a lot of stories of things that have happened right in front of you um, and where people go home and they can't even explain what happened. Um, mm -hmm. I know um, myself on some of the retreats and certainly um, talking to you myself, um, I can definitely say that um, I had some of uh, my own experiences that I really wasn't expecting um, <laughs> myself. So, um, and the dog stories as well. Um, it, it, our dogs are amazing beings and they know more about us than, than we do. They know when a storm's coming before it even gets here. Um, 
They know my dog knows the sound of my friend's car when it comes to the parking lot where I live in my building. Not, and it's not a loud car at all. It's very quiet, but knows the sound of it and will be at the door sometimes mm -hmm. waiting. And I'm like, no one's here, honey. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And then sure enough, there'll be a knock at the door. But I, I don't hear the motor or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. but, the, but they hear it and they're ready. So dogs are pretty, pretty cool, I think. Um, Brenda, can you tell us um, the, uh, what your experience was the very first time that you realized that you had this ability to, to heal people and how far has it come since then? Well, I have a good story for you in, in regards to me and what I was told from spirit. Because when you first get into this, and you have to realize at my age, I've been doing it for a long time. So there wasn't the information out a long time ago. And you had to kind of find mm -hmm. your way in the dark a little bit. So everybody that's younger now and that is here now has all this these books and information. And it's yeah. great. But I was trying to find my way. And everybody that was coming to me was dying. And I thought in my mind, I was the one doing the healing. Oh, I'm going to heal them. I, you know, they're going to be fixed. They're wonderful. You know, you, and you're going to be all right. And then after the probably the fifth person died, um, spirit said to me, are you getting this lesson? And I said, what lesson? That you think healing is only when somebody is physically healed. Your healing also works with helping people to transition over and be more peaceful. And uh, I went, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. You're not controlling whether they live or die. Imagine the ego at that time. <laughs> I can do this, right? Right. Yeah, I can raise yeah. the hand, right? Wrong. Mm. So what happened was spirit came in and said, we can send you people that can heal now. And what I realized as I went back and looked at those five people that were one right after the other that passed, all of them were telling me about their families and the problems they have with different family members or what wasn't working uh, for them. And I was yeah. listening and I was talking to them and I was really hearing them. And, and they got to a place of forgiveness because they would ask me, well, how do you get over things like this? And I said, I really don't hold a lot against people because mm -hmm. it's useless energy. If we're not going to forgive somebody, it's holding me back, not them. And I'm, I'm right. wasting energy I could be using to bring in more love or more creativity or whatever it is. So I looked back and I went, oh, my God, I did give them peace. I did bring them to a place of peace. So then right. after that. I was able to have sessions that, oh, this person broke their arm and it never healed right. And I'd work on them and things would adjust. And um, especially as I started bringing in different modalities. So I would blend different things and I would use EFT first. And then I bring in some Reiki and I bring in uh, cranial sacral therapy. And then I would bring in some clearing work if they needed to be cleared. And I was getting amazing results with people. Part of the work that I do that's not so talked about is clearing work. And what happens is, is a lot of times when people pass, their soul isn't ready to go for whatever reason. And sometimes they can stay down here and stay stuck until they're ready to go. Or they will attach, their soul will attach to somebody else's body down here. And so one of the things I do that I don't advertise and spirit sends me the people that need it, people will say, I went to the doctor and I had chest pains and I went through all the physical tests and I feel like I'm having a heart attack, but I, they did all the tests on me and they say my heart's normal. And my friend told me to come see you. So I start checking and I start looking at what's going on. And then I find out that sometimes there's another spirit involved 
Perhaps it was this person's late husband that died of a heart attack, and now their spirit is overlaid on them. So they're having the physical symptoms of what the person had when they were passing. And I do that clearing work, and then the symptoms all go. And it's amazing. It's, it's part of my favorite shamanic work to do because where do you go for that? It's not like you put an ad in the paper and say, you know, right. I need my house cleared. <laughs> and by the way, I need my body cleared too. And yeah. so you're putting this in and it's, it's just amazing. I had, a, I had a child that came to me, a young one that had her gallbladder out. And she came to me after the fact of the gallbladder because she still had the pain. And the doctors were telling her, I think she was like 10 or 11, that she was psychosomatic and all of this. She came to me and I tuned in psychically while I was working with her and found out that she had another little girl attached to her that had passed many, many years before of uh, some kind of rupture with her gallbladder. When I cleared the soul of that one, this little girl had no more pain. So she basically wow. had her gallbladder out for nothing. And wow. it just happened to be one of those flukes that the mother was talking to a friend and the friend knew me and said, go see her. She can help. And that that part is my favorite work, because with trauma and my feeling on trauma, you both spoke of it, is that we're all in trauma just from being here and the things we have to deal with in the 3D. Mm -hmm. And so everybody has certain kind of trauma and whether it's emotional, physical or spiritual. And so this goes in and we're able to look at different levels of how to clear trauma, whether it's yeah. a spirit attached to you, whether you went through something horrific and part of you had to fade out because you couldn't cope with what was going on. There's ways of bringing those soul pieces back and, mm -hmm. and really having the whole body healing and yeah. often when I'm doing that work, people's loved ones will come in from the other side to assist or to make them more comfortable to know that they're there overseeing everything. Yeah. And I don't necessarily have to tell the people what's going on because that's the number one question. Sometimes a wife will send her husband and say, I think this is what's going on, but do you have to tell him? It's like, no, I can just do it on the, you know, on the interplanes, on the QT. If, the, if their person's soul allows me to. Mm -hmm. So those are some amazing ones. But I've had healings where um, I had a girl that was 30 that um, had four different shoulder problems, had his surgeries on her shoulder, and she couldn't heal from it. And we went in and we addressed the emotional component that started the whole thing to begin with. Magically, all of a sudden, the shoulder injury is gone. No more pain. So it was wow. like, it's almost like that had to happen before the physical, uh, what the doctors did could play catch up with the cells of the body, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a word that's being tossed around in medical journals more and more often lately. And I'm wondering if it's a word that you've heard of or a word that you could expound upon a little bit. It's called oxidative stress. I really don't know about that. Maybe you could tell me and then I can talk further. Um, it's talking about the stress of illnesses. Um, for instance, people that have brain odds um, where they're they don't have good circulation in their their hands or their feet and their hands turn white and purple and blue and gray um it's triggered a lot of times by stress and they're saying that it kind of bounces back as i'm listening to bounces back to the mind and the mindset of everything that there might be a lot of stuff in there that's clogged up because um, the oxidative part, meaning that it's being restricted. Mm -hmm. The circulation isn't moving within the body. So usually when people, I know when I have pain, um, if I go for massage, it feels better. Not just because someone rubbed it, but because the, the blood is circulating around and right. um, 
my muscles are being fed by new oxygen flowing in there. So um, I think that it's going to become an important part of medicine and healing in the future because that is um, what's holding a lot of people back is that that portion of the stress. They say 90% of all illnesses are stress. I believe that. And also the doctors are learning as they're going along too. Uh, you know, I almost feel sorry for the doctors and also for teachers only because the kids that are coming in right now there, it's like all bets are off. They're so amazing. They're so gifted. They're so talented. And so the teachers are trying to deal with things that they may think is a behavioral problem that mm -hmm. isn't at all. It's because this kid is an old soul who sat through this a hundred different times and is ready to get on with their life. <laughs> with doctors, right? And with right. doctors, it's really about they're trying to deal with so many things they don't have answers for now. And I really believe we're supposed to learn from one another. And mm -hmm. my favorite thing is when I get people in for healing work that say, you know, the doctor can't find anything wrong with me. I'm like, oh, yes, yes, it's up to <laughs> dig and be the detective. And that's when I find things that you're not going to read about, you know, in a medical journal. Right now, we're at an exciting time in our life because imagine that they're not only dealing with things of this lifetime. If you believe in past lives, past life physical issues are coming up. I've treated a lot of people recently that have shooting pain in their back and we find out that's what they went out with in the last lifetime. They were shot there or stabbed there or whatever. Oh my goodness. And we're clearing things because we have to be more whole to move forward to help heal this planet and heal the people on it. So we don't wanna be dragging our baggage, just like you said, with all the stress in the head and everything in the mind, we don't want to be dragging, not even, if I go back and look at this lifetime, I've had probably three lifetimes in this lifetime, and Susan, I know you can relate too, that, mm -hmm. you know, you've gone through and married so much in your life, you're like, oh my God, that feels like another lifetime, never <laughs> mind dragging everything else and how many lifetimes you've had, you mm -hmm. two are both old souls, so when you've had that many lifetimes and you're dragging up, well, you know, I'm still mad at this person or this person hurt me. And because often we travel with the same groups over and over again, just changing roles, oh, it's yeah. important to clear it all out. So we have a fresh slate to go in, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But I, I want to talk about one thing. I was able to heal myself through something. I know, Susan, you talked about visualization. I had a second near-death experience four years ago, another car accident. Well, I hit uh, the brakes and the brakes didn't work. And I went into um, the pillar of CVS and I automatic reflex put my arm out and my elbow ended up on the top of my arm. So um. I went in to have it popped back in. Long story short, they gave me a drug they should have never gave me. And it was a hallucinogenic, which sent me into a simulated near-death experience, which was completely different than the first one where I came back and I was loving and everything was wonderful. I actually went into a depression for about six months after that. And I just couldn't get me back. Well, they were going to do surgery on my arm and my elbow because they said you have ripped, they forced it to go back in, but they said you have ripped tendons and ligaments and all of this. And so I had two weeks before they put me in a soft cast and I had two weeks before I was going to go in to see the surgeon for the pre-op thing visit. And so what happened was I remembered seeing a video uh, on YouTube about two groups of people, one group of athletes that, well, they both wanted bigger muscles. One group just did meditation on it. That's my form of exercise, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one actually did the work. They lifted, they did everything. And uh -huh. what ended up happening was that at the end of the 90 days, the ones that meditated and visualized had bigger muscles than the ones working out. So I remembered yeah. that. Wow. And Interesting. Also, I'm a Zumba instructor as well, and I love it. So it's all shaking it up and moving and everything. And I didn't <laughs> want to miss Zumba too much either. So I'm like, I have to heal this. 
And at the time I didn't have insurance. So in my mind, I was like, this is not even up for discussion. I am not having surgery. So two weeks I had every day I sat and visualized and meditated on my arm, Zumba in dancing, moving my arm, shaking my arm, moving it all around in my mind. And that is the power of the mind because two weeks later, when I went to the surgeon, he took another x-ray, took the soft cast off, and he's looking at it, and he says, I hadn't met him yet. He's like, is this your name? Yep. Is this your date of birth? Yes. He's looking. He goes, look, do you see anything wrong with this? This was your x-ray <laughs> before, and this is your x-ray now. You don't need surgery. And he nice. He didn't ask me what happened, and I wasn't, you know, my old mm -hmm. ego would have had to tell him, well, I healed myself. Ah. I wasn't getting into that. <laughs> so what happened was uh, he said, wow, I don't know what happened, but it's good. You don't need surgery. I have never had a problem since then. My elbow's been fine. It's been four years. So the power, I believe the power in your mind and also emotion, because when you're yeah. an emotional person, we've been all taught that emotion is horrible and, you know, you're too emotional as if it's a negative thing. I mm -hmm. use emotion to create. So if I get excited as we're talking, you can tell I'm escalating because mm -hmm. I'm excited yeah. about what I'm talking about. As I get in there, that emotion is used as energy to create whatever the outcome you want. So you yeah. put yourself in the place as if you were already healed. And you get excited about it and you see yourself doing all your favorite things. And there you are. Subconscious mind doesn't know the difference from you dreaming it, making it up, imagining it to it mm -hmm. actually happening. Yeah. And then it makes the correction. So yeah. I was thrilled about that, that I didn't need the surgery and it's been fine ever since. That's awesome. That's really a really great story because it, it's very clear and allows people to relate to something like that and the power of our mind. And yes, 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 about the emotion. Um, there's a, a, a technique, or not a technique, but a exercise that I do that to show people the power of choice within the moment. But it brought me immediately, immediately to um, the challenge when ego is there or your thinking is there and it's strong. And um, I've actually been going through doing some deep inner work right now. And it's like, for me, it, it, in my mind, I'm experiencing like a very dark time and, and it's taking something for me to really pull myself out of it. So I don't slip into a deep depression. My question would be for, to hopefully not only help myself, um, but to, our audience is because depression is a, not a really great state of mind that we want people to get to. And it seems like that choice when, when it all is hitting you, that chaos and the dark night of the soul is there. What would you recommend pulling yourself out of it? Um, you know what I'm saying? Do you I get do. what I mean? Okay. I so one of the things I use is one of the six mental faculties of memory. So if somebody has a memory and it doesn't have to be about what they're thinking about that's negative, if they have a positive memory of something wonderful, we know that everything is vibration. And you're right. just trying to get the person that is in this low vibration because they're depressed or is suffering trauma. We want to raise the vibrational scale. Because if right. we can bring them up, they're going to get a little relief. So what I do is I, if they're going through it, I will then ask them for a memory that was absolutely wonderful in their okay. life. And if they don't have a memory, we create one to overlay on that in the moment to pull them up the vibrational scale so they get relief in that okay. moment. So wow, what a great example. It doesn't get confused yeah. about, oh, we're back in this hopeless pain. Yes. No, we're not. We're saying okay. we're going back to view it. But guess what? Remember this. Right. Okay. That's yeah. beautiful because it creates that space immediately. Because um, I've, I've been finding it a little challenging. But this morning I got up and I'm like, all right, let's just, it's going to be about ease and being present today and um, be proactive. 
And so I decided I had, well, I was guided to um, take a step back from all my projects and things that I'm doing in my business and put my focus on my emotional and physical and spiritual healing. And um, <laughs> when I said, cause that was really hard for me to do. And I said, okay. And so I did that and it really gave me that space today to, to do like what you're saying, create like a space to, um, cause I didn't like visualize anything, but I just was present to the energy shift enough to where I was able to be proactive and help another person. So I know that when I'm helping other people, not from um, a manipulative way or anything like that, you know, not the not so good way, rescuer, um, but doing something productive that would make a difference for the other person. Um, because I was so consumed with what's going on over here. So that makes sense. And you know what else I do in the moment for me personally? We all have those days, right? That all of a sudden stuff starts going wrong and you don't want to keep spinning on it. For me, most people like some kind of music. So I have my iPad that with my playlist that when I start slipping, I'll put on that Latin music. If I listen to three songs, I'm good to go because it raised me up the vibrational scale. So whatever music somebody likes, whether it's instrumental, symphony, whatever, if they put mm -hmm. that on, you can't help but to be taken by the sound. And we know how important sound therapy yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, yeah, because, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but when we're doing that, our own inner work, sometimes it feels like you're all alone in it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, ah, you know what I mean? So. And you know what, Susan? You know what's funny is that people say, I've been working on myself for two years. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> you will work on yourself to the day you take your last right. breath. That's the key. If, yep. if, if you're on earth, you're still healing. That's right. It's a, it's a, an onion layer by layer. Exactly. I know my husband actually has said that to me. Uh, didn't you just have a breakthrough in that area? And I'm like, yeah, I probably did. It's just another layer of that area. <laughs> but isn't it funny because we tend to focus on what's not healed yet instead of, Oh my God, look at how far yeah. I've come. And that's yeah. anything. So and that is exactly what the What's Your Journey show is. I think That's tonight's right. show was um, really casts exactly what this show is about. Um, because our, our journey makes us who we are. Yeah. And um, when we talk about ourselves, when we talk about what we've pushed through, when we talk about what we've become and what our passions are, You'll notice that each one of us audience, when we're talking about something we're passionate, you see us do this. Your vibration just starts to and, um, uh, you know, that that's what our show is about. So um, I hope you've really enjoyed our show tonight. Um, if you have questions, you can always post them um, on our page and we'll get back to you. Please. Um, Look at the stream that's just below the screen right now to sign on for a drawing for a free 30-minute intuitive reading with our guest, Brenda Edwards. And we're so happy to have you um, on our show tonight. I feel like we could talk another hour. Oh, oh yeah, night. easy. Sure. Yeah. Um, would you... Um, would you come back to our show sometime? Are you kidding? I would love to. Great. Thank <laughs> Great. you so much. Thank you both of you and everybody who's listening. It was it was my pleasure, really. Yeah. Susan, Thank did you, you want to close with anything? Susan's our closer. She's she's the best. Oh, come on. Give yourself a little <laughs> more credit than that, girl. <laughs> I've just got a lot more practice. So um yeah, like I just want to acknowledge you, Brenda, for the work that you're doing in our world and especially the rising of the, the spiritual realm. And um, thank you for your generosity and thank you for the healing 
and the knowledge today. And I want to acknowledge my partner, Maverick Mary, for just being so fun and open and willing to learning and um, working through the technical stuff because I get it. It's a pain in the booty. Thank you. So, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Brenda and I had a talk about that earlier. We were kindred spirits. Yes. And I want to thank our audience as well for um, viewing us and listening for those who didn't catch us live, catch us on our podcast, the What's Your Journey show. Um, don't forget to put yourself into Brenda's drawing and, um, and just connect with her, whether it's to be in the drawing, um, check her out, follow her, get information and um, support each other in our uplift and let's uh, make this world a better place to live in. And last but not least, if you have a journey to share, um, you know, Susan and I are always creating topics for our series. This happens to be holistic uh, versus Western medicine, um, traditional health. Um, if you have an idea for a series that you'd like us to have on our show, please send us a DM, a digital message, or you can leave um, a message for us to just give you a call on our Facebook page, or you can DM us right from our Facebook page. Um, so don't forget to watch us on the What's Your Journey show every other week right now on Thursdays. Oh, we should say that we're moving to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard yeah. Time. Yeah. And what mountain time, Susan? Four? It would be 4 p.m. Mountain. So 4 p.m. Mountain Time. Um, and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, not next week, but the week after, you'll see us start to air at that time. So we're moving up an hour. Um, they'll be messing with our time before too long. I forget when we change our clocks again over here in the East, but <laughs> it'll be soon enough. Um, yeah. But thanks for joining us today, everybody. And Susan. Thank you. Give us a... Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Have a good day, everybody. Bye.